0: Good morning, family. It's so great to have you with us in the service. I'd like you to get ready to give your tithes and your offerings this morning. So as I'm going to speak to you now, you'll see there will be a banner that will come up on the screens. And if you're Hatfield South, then please give to the Hatfield South platforms uh, through uh, social media or the bank account or Hatfield East. You can do the same with Snapscan or directly into the bank account. I want to thank you for being such an amazing community that has continued to be so generous during this time. And uh, your giving has really made a difference. Just in this week, we were able to, for instance, help 100 pastors with some food that didn't have any food in their homes. And uh, we partner with other organizations to be able to do things like that. And that's generally how we've been working We've been building new partnerships and using our existing partnership with partner ministries and ministries that we're in relationship with to make a difference throughout the city and even into the continent. We help people across the continent um, this past week also. And continuing to help just people in our own congregation that needs food and support. And uh, your giving is what makes it all possible. So please give it offering. It doesn't matter how much it is. Just give what you can. Use the snap scan. And uh, it'll come up at the end of the service again. But if you can do so now also, just s- scan that QR code and give. And we make sure that the money comes through to the right people and we help people. And, and thank you also for giving to Faith Promise. Those of you that have pledged to Faith Promise, that we actually exceeded our budget a little bit this month. And that's been amazing, even through the churches. In both churches, we can see there are more people giving than what we had before. Even though people are not able to give as much, There's even more people giving, and that really helps us to continue to do our core business of spiritually encouraging and strengthening people and also being able to supply to people in their needs and help them during this time to show them that God is for them and that He cares for them. So thank you for being part of us with that. want to invite the Hatfield East people, particularly this week starting. You can also be involved in a more direct way by giving food, blankets, and clothes Uh, to help people through the winter time on Tuesdays and Thursday mornings between nine and one o'clock, nine to one on a Tuesday and a Thursday, you can come to the church and drop off whatever you want to give and help people with. You can go on the social media platforms, and they'll give you a list of all the things and how to, how to sort it and give it to us in the way that helps us the best to do it and to distribute it. And we're going to distribute it through our partner ministries and other ministries that those, that, food and clothes that you give will find its way to some people that are really in need Um, thank you for giving in that way please join us with that and for also your extra financial gifts that you've given towards feeding programs particularly we've been really able to help undocumented people and many people across our city and supporting them so thank you for doing that and and uh, make use of the bank accounts and the qr codes as they are on the screen well I want to go over into sharing the word. And I thought we'll just mix it up a little bit. So I'm sitting on our veranda at our house and uh, with a little bit of our garden in the background. And uh, just, you know, I think so that you're not looking at our red couch all the time and just got something different to look at. Today, I want to talk to you about time a little bit. Because as human beings, we are so dependent on time. We're actually caught in a world that uh, that is run on time. Time is very important. And it is. We, we live our lives by time. Just think of this coronavirus and our fight against the pandemic of the, the importance that time plays in how we deal with it. The, the whole idea with the, the, the social distancing or physical distancing as we've been calling it and people staying in lockdown is because of time. We want to flatten the curve. What that means is to stretch out the in time period that people get infected. That we don't have a huge spike of people getting infected. And over the last days, we've been seeing how our infection numbers have been growing as people have been starting to mix again and have contact with others. And all, or throughout this process, we've been trying to buy time. Just think about time in your life and how important time is. I think in one sense, we all live our lives under deadlines because our life is a reality and what puts stress on us is that we have to get amount of things done and activities that have to happen within a certain time frame. We live by our calendars. We live by our diaries. We live by the end of the month. We live by, you know, things that exams that has to be written, projects that has to be in in a certain time. Time is a big deal for us and we live our lives by trying to measure up two things in certain time periods. The challenge is when we get to God is he doesn't live within our time constraints. He's not caught in time in the same way that we are. God obviously created time in that he created the the galaxies, the stars, the sun, the moon. And our time is set by the rhythms that he created. Uh, the the, The turning of the earth, it sets our rhythm. And all of those things are things that he made. So he initiated time. He's not against time. He works with time. But God is not caught in time like we are. God is not dependent on time in the same way as we are. God not only lives outside of time, but time is in God. As much as we are in time, time is in God. And that sometimes means that when we come to dealing with life and the things that God wants to do, we come at it from two different perspectives. And when God does things in the time frame that He has set, it doesn't always suit our time frame. And therefore we feel the pressure we feel the stress you know it's often said that god is never early he's never late he's always on time and that, and you can only understand that and that's that statement only makes sense if you understand that that whenever god does something that's the right time for that something to have happened because god is not living to a timeline that's outside of him remember the word history for instance means his story time is telling the story of who god is he is the center he is the main character of the of the story of existence he determines what time should be and how time should unfold it all points to him time is about him we've been speaking in the past about kairos time and chronos time the two greek words for time we tend to live in chronos time chronos time is sequential time. It's the chronological time that we are used to of seconds that go past and minutes that goes past and days and months and years that go on. And we measure our lives by this, this chronological time. God tends to live far more in Kairos time. Kairos time is time that is about events. It's about opportunities. It's about things that happen that is what God wants to happen. God lives his time by his will. His plans and purposes and how they unfold. So he tends to work time to fit his plans and purposes. We tend to fit our plans and purposes into time. We try and buy time. We try and win time. We make time work into how we want to live our lives and the schedules that we have. God takes time and fits it in with his Schedule, and you can understand when you come at life from those two different perspectives, it, it can get a bit frustrating, particularly for us, because God tends tends to do things in the time frame that He wants to do it. And I want to take you to a scripture and a story in the scripture that you may be well familiar with, of where we saw people struggle because they were caught in Kronos time and how Jesus acted according to Kairos' time. It's the story of the death of Lazarus, it's in John chapter 11 that we pick up the story of Lazarus and his two sisters Mary and Martha and John 11 uh, it begins for us uh, in verse 1 we're going to read and I'm just going to comment as we go through the passage and um, just to this happens in a in in just a little bit of a time shortly before the the passion week where Jesus was going up to Jerusalem to be crucified Um, and as we read the story remember John's writing this after everything's happened so he actually applies the time in in not a chronological way and and i'll explain just now you'll see that happen in john 1 verse 11 verse 1 sorry we read the following now a man named lazarus was sick he was from bethany the village of mary and his sister martha and her sister martha this was mary whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her, her hair. This hasn't happened yet, actually. You only read about this, that hap- Mary came and anointed Jesus with oil and washed his feet with her hair in, in John 12. And that happened at the beginning of the Passion Week. So, But John... You know, this is what he does. He's, he's, he's writing to people that is, understands the events and how they unfolded. And he just reminds them of this is that Mary that would wash the feet of Jesus. So the sisters went, sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. They were close to Jesus. Somehow they knew where he was. Uh, he was in uh, Perea in that area. And they got, were able to send a message to Jesus to say, Lazarus is sick. The one you love, you, you, you want to come and be with us. And spend time with us because we don't know what's going to happen with the sickness. And even with the hope that we'll see later that Jesus could heal Lazarus. In John 4, 11 verse 4 we read. When he heard this Jesus said this sickness will not end in death. No it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Can you see right there Jesus is judging this moment by the event not by the time. He's looking at this and he's saying, what is the event that needs to happen here that will fit in with God's plan, with my father's plan? What is God unfolding? What is God doing in this moment? And that is the event that we must keep uh, focus on. He's not so perturbed about the time in terms of chronology. He's saying this is what this is happening about this is the thing we must keep our eye on this is the thing we must focus on right now is that this event is not to death but to the glorifying of god time in god is always about glorifying him making him known and jesus reiterates that here in verse five now jesus loved mary and martha and and her sister mary loved martha and her sister and lazarus so when he heard that lazarus was sick He stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, Let us go back to Judea. It's great here that that John has to almost say he loves them because Jesus' actions may make you think that does he really love them? If he loves Lazarus, would he not have immediately gone to be with Lazarus? But Jesus stays where he is for another two days. So John says he loves them even though he stayed where they were, where he was for two more days. And I think that's, you know, when God acts according to his time frame and we fit within our time frame, it creates that disparity that we can sometimes feel that God not acting in our time frame means he doesn't love us. God doesn't answer our prayers according to our time and the time that we think it should be done. According to the deadlines that we face, God is not acting according to that. And that makes us feel like he doesn't love us. I know every one of our pastors and every one of our leaders have had this experience where you, you have somebody that phones you or, a, or you get word that, that there's somebody that's not doing well, <clears throat> even perhaps on their deathbed. And, uh, and you and the, the family asks, can you come and see them? But just at that moment, it, it, you're caught. You can't. You, you can't drop what you're doing or for whatever reason, you're not able to be there. And this has happened to me once or twice over my years of ministry that I think I'm going to get there, and I've got time, and and if I can do it tomorrow or or two days from now, I can go and and be with them, and then it's too late. Then the person passes on, and you weren't able to be there, and it leaves you feeling so bad because you, you know that the family needed you in that moment, and you weren't able to be there. This is that kind of experience where this family is crying out to Jesus, say, come and be with us in our time of need, but Jesus tarries. He's not just Caught and can't get to them for whatever reason, he actually makes a decision not to go and be with them. Because again, he is judging this moment by what is going to give the most glory to God. And he's discerning that there's a bigger thing happening here than just Lazarus' health. There's a bigger thing going on. Let's carry on reading. I'm going to jump over to verse 8. Jesus now left and he goes to, uh, to Bethany. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you and and yet you are going back. Jesus answered, are they not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. This is the disciples saying to Jesus, if you go back to Bethany, which is just outside of Jerusalem, about three kilometers from Jerusalem, it's almost a suburb of Jerusalem. The Jews in Jerusalem have been seeking to kill you. We left Jerusalem because they were, they were trying to grab hold of you to, to persecute you and to kill you. If we go back there, then surely that that's the end then that's going to lead to your death and uh, and we don't know if that's such a great idea jesus says to them look time is now because he's judging this by the time of god's will he's saying this is the time to work and this is the challenge we have is to to understand when god does something that we that we pick up on the, the opportunity. We've spoken about that a couple of weeks ago, that we recognize the moment. Jesus says, this is the moment. This is the time, the day. It's the time right now, the light is, for us to step in and do God's will. If we tarry, then if we don't recognize the moment, it would have passed. So let's recognize the moment. Thomas, in that moment, says, well, we may as well go all with you because we're all going to die uh, with you. He thinks this is going to be towards death, but Jesus knew this was towards life. We read in John 11 verse 11. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and you, and for your sake, I'm glad I was not there, so that you may believe. Let us go to him. Then Thomas also, known, uh, uh, known, uh, also known, as said to the rest of his disciples, Let us also go that we may die with him. Thomas picked up and he said, This is this is going to end badly. This is going to end in our death. Because he could not, he didn't have the perspective Jesus had. Jesus said. Lazarus is only asleep, and isn't it interesting? It often happened on other occasions also when Jesus was confronted with with death. He spoke about that person being asleep, not dead. And he wasn't being funny, but from his perspective, we've got to realize that he saw the totality of a person's life. He saw all the time of a human being, and he, from his perspective, saw that death was only falling asleep. It was a temporary state, a temporary condition. It wasn't the big deal that it looks to for us. Because from our perspective, death is something final. From Jesus' perspective, it's merely a sleeping. That's why Jesus speaks about death as sleep. But to help the disciples understand, let me, he says, let me use your language that fits your time frame. He is dead, but he will arise. Let's go. And so they go forth into Bethany. When they get there, Martha comes and and meets jesus first we arranged some hardy does to come and uh, share this moment with you just for the authenticity of this experience so i hope that you can still hear me in uh, john 11 verse 20 when martha heard that jesus was coming she went out to meet him but mary stayed at home lord martha said to jesus if you had been here my brother would not have died but i know that even now god will give you whatever you ask she says if you were quicker if you were on time If you treated time in the the way that it it was for us, then this story would have been different. Then you could have saved us from this pain. In verse 23, Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know you will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. This is the core. This is the crux of the matter here. Jesus says to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha says, because she's a Jew and the Jews believed in the resurrection of the dead, most of them... Uh, other than the Saddu- sadducees most of them believed in the resurrection of the dead they believed there would be a time where the messiah will reign and all the dead will arise with uh, uh, rise again to life in that time period and and what jesus is saying to her he says the resurrection depends on me i am the resurrection and the life that which you're talking about that which you have put your hope in that one day there will be a resurrection that is now because i am the resurrection and the life and that was an important understanding to bring to the disciples at that time in john and many commentators says that this is the is the is the high point of all the miracles that jesus did this is the greatest miracle that he did this is the culmination and in fact this is the last public miracle that jesus does before his crucifixion because and it the message of this miracle is so vital to understand that jesus is resurrection and the life that even though he's going to die don't be fooled by his death to think that it is death as you know it it is a transition to make life possible because life is in jesus he is the life he is the resurrection in a sense if we think about it like this jesus can't see death because he is life wherever he goes there is life And this was the plan, that whoever believed in him would not know death. And that's the faith we have to have, to believe that he is the Messiah, that that he paid the price so that when I believe in him, I will no longer die. I may experience physical death on this earth, and it's real for us. But it is not death in its finality. It's a transition into life eternal, because Jesus is the resurrection and the life wherever he goes whoever believes in him will live there is no death and this was the thing that he wanted his disciples to understand at that point in time that whatever was going to come as deadly as the days were ahead just as lazarus would rise from the dead in this occasion jesus will rise from the dead when after he has died Because remember, their minds were focused. Thomas, who was also known as Didymus, said that if we go to Jerusalem now, we may as well give up our lives. We're going to die. Jesus says, yes, there's death that will be experienced. But that death is not the final thing. I am the resurrection and the life. And I want to say to you that that power of resurrection is at work within us and, and in this time period. Right now, there is the resurrection. And the life. Perhaps you you're looking at your business as a businessman, and you think it's dying. You think the last nail has been hit in the coffin. Now I don't know exactly what's going to happen with your business, but can I tell you that where Jesus is, there is life, and there is resurrection. And that whatever dies, whatever falls into the ground and dies, whatever seed dies, it will rise again, and it will live. And so it may even be that your business dies now. That's not the end. That may be the seed that is planted into the ground for new life to come. It may not be business. It may be like we spoke about last week. The, you know, whatever you have planned and whatever you have hoped for during this time. If it dies, it is not the end. We have a God that is the resurrection and the life. And this is what Jesus needed them to know. That just because things doesn't happen in our time frame, just because God's actions doesn't fit our time frame, don't think that God is finished and that the opportunity has passed. So we read on in verse 32. When Mary reached the place where she saw where where Jesus was and saw him. Remember, she was at home. And uh, then eventually she also came out and saw Jesus. She fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you have been here, just like her sister said, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And then this amazing word, Jesus wept. Isn't it amazing? That even though Jesus knew, that Lazarus was going to be raised from the dead, even though he knew that God was planning, his father had planned a beautiful and wonderful thing to happen, he still felt compassion. And that, I think, is so powerful for us. You see, when we are caught in our time frames, and we're asking God to do something, and we're expecting God to answer our prayers within the, the deadlines that we are facing and the time constraints that we are facing, And God doesn't act within our time frame. He he waits and tarries sometimes to establish His will and purpose. He's not cold towards our struggle and our suffering based on our time constraints. He has great compassion for it. Jesus wept. That is the shortest verse in the Bible. But in a sense, it's the biggest statement. Jesus wept. Not because of Himself. Because He knew. That how good this is going to be, but because of his compassion for us. Don't think that God is just cold towards your struggles that you are going through right now. His heart is for you. He's moved by compassion for you. It's wonderful here that we see that this miracle of, the, of bringing Lazarus back to life wasn't just a display of the power of God. It was also a display of the compassion and the love of God. You see, Jesus is moved by his love for us. His miracles isn't just him doing something to show his power. He does that, and it's important that it do that. Because you and I want to live in a place where God is powerful, where he is all-powerful, where he has the power over death. But he also shows his kindness and his care and his compassion for us. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that so wonderful to know? So right now you may be feeling that God He should have answered your prayers already. Know that his heart is for you. But that he's working something bigger. You see, if Jesus arrived in time and while Lazarus was perhaps still sick, they could have had amazing testimony of a healing that took place. But now, because Jesus tarried, because he waited a bit, they have a far greater testimony. A testimony of Lazarus that was risen. That has risen from the dead. A far bigger story to tell. And not only in itself was it a big miracle. It it was a great miracle because it pointed to what's going to happen to Jesus. We carry on reading in verse 36. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. Because Jesus wept. They recognized his, his emotional connection to Lazarus. But some of them said, could not he have opened the eyes of the blind man, have could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Now the cynicism starts going. Well, you see, if Jesus only arrived on time, again, we are so slaves to our, to our thinking of time. These guys just judge Jesus, not because he didn't come, not because he didn't attend to the problem, but because he didn't do it in their time frame. The cynicism comes up. And we've got to be aware of that. We've got to guard our hearts against cynicism because we try and fit God into our time frame and push him into our boxes. You don't want God to fit into your time frame because then he's not God anymore. If God has to answer your prayers and my prayers within the time frame that suits us best, then we determine and he just becomes like a genie in a a lamp. That we rub and we give three wishes and he has to make it work the way we want it to do. No, God's not a genie. And you don't want to live in a world where God's a genie. You want to live in a world where God determines what is right and what is good. And what is the proper time for something to happen. But that means sometimes we have to surrender and yield to his time frame. Verse 38. Jesus once more deeply moved came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, said did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? In Jewish customs and traditions, they believed that, that after three days, they pronounced somebody completely dead, because by then he started decaying already. So Lazarus was dead, good, and proper. He wasn 't even a whole man anymore. his biological constitution wasn't even intact anymore. He started decaying. there was a bad odor. this was death at its at its fullest form. But this is where Jesus said, "Nothing is dead enough to not be resurrected. even if it started composing, even if it started losing its shape, I can bring it back to life because That's the power of the resurrection. And again, the disciples needed to know this because Jesus would be in the grave for three days. And when they came on that Sunday, the the, the, the woman that came to Jesus, they had, you know, they were preparing the body, putting they wanted to just put the last spices on the body before the odor sets in. And they thought it was too late. But Jesus rose from the dead. Again. Nothing in your life is too dead or dead enough that it can be cannot be brought to life. It may be in a different form. It may be the seed that transforms into something else, but Jesus is the resurrection and the life. verse forty one So they took away the stone, then Jesus looked up and said. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you have always heard hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he said this, Jesus called in a loud, loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Wow, what an amazing story. What an amazing event that took place. That there was no power in Lazarus. He he didn't come forth out of his own power because he still wrapped up. But the power of the resurrection of Jesus moved him out of the grave to come and stand before them. And then they had to unwrap him and complete the miracle. This was not any man's agency. This was God doing what he planned to do in his time. God is planning good things for you. We know Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans for a hope and a future. But to see those plans of God come to pass, we have to submit to his Kairos time. We have to learn to live well within Kronos time. Use Kronos time. Be effective within Kronos time. Kronos time is not ungodly. Kronos time, God made Kronos time. And we have to live well within Kronos time, but yet be able to to pivot and move over to Kairos time when it's required. And to not be slaves to Kronos time, to live well with Kronos time, but respond to the Kairos moments. This is a time of Kairos moments. This is a time of godly opportunities. And right now, God is shifting things in your life. He's moving things. He's setting things up for the greater good and the greater purpose that he has for you. Perhaps you've been living in a lesser purpose. And you've been thinking that you've been doing what God has called you to do. But you actually got caught and trapped in things that were not quite what God had in mind. And he's been using this time to actually break you free from the bonds of the good to get you to the best that he has for you. It may still be hard. There may still be many tough times ahead of us and difficult things and difficult decisions and things that we have to make. But can I ask you to make those decisions within the framework of the understanding that God is and Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Don't lose hope. When you're facing death, whether it be physical death, whether it be the death of hope, whether the death of opportunities that you've had, the death of of whatever it may be. Do so with the bold knowledge and understanding that he is the resurrection and the life. When we have to commit something to the Lord and commit it to the the grave and say it's dead. We do it with the knowledge that God will raise that person or that situation again for his good. And sometimes there's something that must die and it must die. In its current form it must come to an end. To make space for the new that God wants to do and bring along. So trust the Lord. Trust his time. Trust his working in his time frame. Pray. Ask the Lord. Bring your needs before him. Cry out in your time frame. It's right. It's proper to do that. Make known your concerns to the Lord. Make known your deadlines and your time constraints. But then trust him to do the best that he wants to do and can do for you as i end our service together like we've been doing for the last while i want to just give you an opportunity to with others discuss and think through these three questions that are going to come up on on your screen what is it that you feel you need from god that is time sensitive perhaps you can write that down and say lord these are the things that i feel pressure on because of a time frame then do you really know that God is compassionate to your situation? Do you feel the compassion of God for you right now? And the things that you are struggling with and the time constraints that you have? Are you aware that of his compassion? Because you could feel that he doesn't care. But I want you to meditate on how much he cares for you. And let that truth sink into your heart. And then the last one is, how can you, strength, how can you strengthen your faith to be able to wait for him? To wait well. To give him the space. To do what he's going to do in his time frame so those three questions and then i would also like to give an opportunity for people if you want to reach out to us and if you need prayer you may need prayer because you're facing a particular difficult situation we want to pray for you if you may need prayer because you have decided to give your heart to jesus and you want to make him your lord and your savior then we would love to connect with you the best way you can do that is as we end the service You'll see on the screen will come now our online church platforms. And there's a prayer lounge that is digitally created. And that's actually the best place for you to connect with us. So if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube in both of the churches, won't you go to hatfield.online.church or hccsouth.online.church. And you can go to any one of those places. And we have prayer teams that are available to you right there. And all we'll will want to pray with you for the next Half an hour after the service, they're still available. So go to any of those as you see the addresses on your screen. Go to those places and let people connect with you and pray with you. If you want to give your heart to Jesus, just say to, to the person at, at, in, uh, that you connect with, I want to give my heart to Jesus. I've not been a follower of Christ. And do that. You can also send a, a, an email to me at hatfield.co.za. If you're watching on Hatfield South, pray for me at hccs.co.za dot, uh, yes, dot and connect with us and we'd love to pray with you may the lord bless you may you see his goodness and experience his grace and his favor for you we'll see you through the week in the devotionals that we that we'll be continuing one with i will be doing a devotional on tuesday other leaders will be doing it uh, during the week in other spaces watch our social media platforms and they'll they'll tell you about that but uh, may the lord bless you we love you lots See you through the week and otherwise we'll see you next Sunday.